we we have a good time, we pray and we do everything, we worship the Lord. But yeah. I would love to pray with you before again. preaching the word. It's on the full screen. Oh, no, I mean it. On here. Heavenly Father, I don't know. Who would worry about that? Okay. Thank you for your goodness. <laughs> Father, thank you for the Father of the Lord. Thank you for their love to you oh, and worship it. to you. Lord, now we ask you in the name of Jesus, please help us to listen to your word and speak to us, Father God. Speak to me and my brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, thank you for your goodness. We pray this in your name. Amen. Uh, so, Ephesians chapter 1, as we all know from verse 1 to verse 14, talks about their identity in Christ. So their true identity in Christ. Then, verse 15, Apostle Paul started talking about, you know, he, he, he did three things. The first one, he gave thanks. Then he prayed. Two separate prayers. I will focus on the last one, but uh, the first one, when he gave thanks, he mentioned two things about their faith in Christ and their love for all. He mentioned these two things. In fact, he said this. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have to stop giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I give thanks to the Lord because of your faith, your faith in Christ. Uh, so, as we read 1 John chapter 3, verse 23, here it says, And this is his command to believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. So, the command is this, to believe in Jesus Christ and then to love one another. So Paul said, I give thanks. I see this in you, you Ephesians. You believe in Jesus. That means Jesus is the Lord of your life. You live, you live your life under his lordship. He is your life, he is your Lord. I give thanks for that. This Ephesians lives in the Lord Jesus Christ, believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, which means they live under his Lordship. Jesus is the Lord of their life and the Lord of their family. They don't say just Jesus is Lord. They live under his Lordship. He is their Lord. He is their Lord. Also, the second thing he mentioned is their love. Their love goes beyond their circle. Because he said, for your love for all God's people. For all God's people. Your love is, you know, your love doesn't have a boundary. You don't love just the wider community people. That's why you invited us. So your love is 
for everyone, for all believers. So I give thanks to the Lord for your love. Praise God for your love as well. I give thanks for Pastor Jason. He emailed for South Dakota Alliance Pastors. He, you know, he cares for us. Praise God for his love for all of us. Thank you. So praise God for his love for all of you. So Paul, he gave thanks. He gave thanks for, for, for their love. For their love. You love have no boundaries. That is the love of Christ. No boundary for the love. Then after he gave thanks, right, he, he prayed for that. Then he said, I keep asking that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. The second thing he mentioned is, I pray to know, to know him better, to know him. This morning we, we addressed this, so I will not stay long from that. We, we had a very good uh, discussion during our uh, Sunday school time. God is relational God. So Paul said, I pray, I pray. I want you to know him better. I know you know him. But he's, he's greater than that. He's greater than that. My brothers and sisters, there are a lot to know about him. The more we know him, the more we love him, the more we love him, the more we desire to know him. And the more we know him, the more we love him again. Our relationship with him is the more So that's why I want to say, I pray for you. I know I give thanks for your praise. I know I give thanks for your love. But there is more. There is more. There is more. I pray to know him better. Better. I know there is fruit in your life. You know him. But there is more. One more community church. This is my prayer for you. May God help us to know him more. To know him more. To love him more. To follow him more. That's Apostle Paul prayer for him. For that, Paul prayed for them God himself to give them wisdom and revelation to know him better. May God grant us that. For that, we have to pray. Paul prayed for us, Lord, help me to know you better. To know you better. To know you better. That kind of desire. That kind of hunger for God. God, I want to know you more. There is more about you to know. So, so that was my, my, my fellow believers. I know we know God. I know we know God. But there's more of God. There's more. He's beyond our understanding and knowledge. We also need to pray to receive wisdom and revelation to know Him more. More than, more than that, we experience Him. More than knowing Him. In fact, there is one Bible verse from 4th 
chapter 6, verse 3, but I will read it from Amplified Bible. It, it is not there. I will come to this one. Okay. So, here it says, So let us know and become personally acquainted with him. Let us press on to know and understand fully the greatness of the Lord to honor him and give to his church name. His offering is prepared and is as certain as the dawn. And he will come to us in salvation like the heavy rain, like the spring rain watering the earth. When we have hunger to know him more, he will reveal himself to us. As Jose said, he will come to us like the heavy rain, like the spring rain watering the earth because he would like to be known and cherished. When there is heavy rain, we don't need someone to tell us, right? We know it. He is ready to reveal like that because he wants uh, to know him and to cherish him, to love him. He's a relational guy. He wants us, want us to have that deep relationship with him. Paul said that he prays, so the other prayer, here it is. He, he, Paul, said, Paul said that he prays for the eyes of their heart to be enlightened or open. So we see that verse 18. Now we can follow from here. Verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know you may know the hope to which he has called you. So his prayer now, first, to know him better. Then he said, I pray, I pray. What are you praying for? I pray that your eyes, the heart of your eyes will be open, will be enlightened. Then you will be able to see, to know, to understand. That is my prayer. May the Lord open our our heart. May the Lord open to see. But Paul said this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Why? In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The first one is this, you may know the hope to which to which he has called you. When, when, when our the eyes of our heart open, the first thing will happen is we know. We know the hope that which he has called us. Uh, so, what he is telling us is you are called. Right? You are called. And in your calling, there is hope. You are called. In fact, church means in Greek, ecclesia, right? The called out ones. We are called out. In fact, your name is the called out ones. So we are called out. But Paul said, I pray. I pray to see. I pray to, to see the hope 
which you are called. So when he called us, there is hope in it. It is not in pity, praise the Lord. There is hope in it. So to show you that a little bit, I wanna I want to, you know, can you go to the next slide, please? So there are verses. First Timothy 1 16 says, Who alone is immortal and who lives in an approachable life, whom no one has seen or can see. To him, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. So he told us, God lives in wealth. An unapproachable life. He lives in an unapproachable life. No one can approach that. He lives in that light. That light, that is amazing light. No one can approach that. But the second verse, look at verse Peter 2, 9. But you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness to where? Into where? His wonderful light. We didn't just call to light. We are called into his wonderful life. He lives in an approachable life. No one can approach you there. But we are called into it. Praise the Lord. That is the hope we have in our calling, brothers and sisters. This is amazing. I can't follow this. This is great. We are called to, to that. No one approach that light. That is an approachable light because of what Christ Jesus has done. We are called into that. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. That is the great hope we have in Christ. We are called into an unapproachable light. So Paul said, I pray, I pray. The heart of your eyes will be open. I pray for you to see it. The hope. That's the hope to which we are called. There is, there is hope in it. We are not just living and dying and, and, and everything here. No, no, no. There is great hope over there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There is great hope. There is, there is great hope. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12, Apostle Paul says, Encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live, to, to live lives worthy of God, who calls you, where? Into his kingdom and glory. We are called into his kingdom and glory. That is our calling. We are called into to God's kingdom and to that glory, to his glory. Without Christ, we will melt. We couldn't stand before his glory. Because of Christ, because of what he has done, 
influence. What a great hope we have, my brothers and sisters. This is great hope we have. Great hope, amazing hope. We have called for this hope. You have hope. We have hope. Call on that. May God help us to see, to see, and to know the hope to which we are called. Then you know what can happen? We will live life worthy of our calling. We will live life worthy of our calling. We will not lie. We will not live a life that is just nothing. Our life will be different. The way and how we live will be different when we see it. When we see it. about that, but I, I, I won't go all of them. But let me read just one Bible verse. From Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, Paul says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenly world in Christ Jesus. He called me for that. Then he said, my life will be changed. So that, that I press on. I press on. We don't just say when we know that. We press on. The way how we live will be changed when we see that. The second, the second thing he mentioned is he told them, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order you may know the hope to which he has called you. Comma, then the rich of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. The second one is saying, I, I want you to know. I want you to know the rich of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. In other way, he's, this is what he's saying. Uh, like in the Old Testament, God's inheritance is frequently used synonymously for Israel, for his people. For his people. So, for example, Deuteronomy 4.20 But as for you, the Lord took you and brought you out of Hiram's naked furnace, out of Egypt, to be the people of his inheritance as you are, as you now are. God called you out from Egypt. Why? To be his inheritance. Psalm uh, 28 verse 9. Save your people and blessed inheritance. Be their shepherd and carry, carry them forever. Bless your inheritance. So, let me read another Bible verse. Psalm 33 verse 1. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his people. So if you ask God, God, what do you have? For sure you will not say, do you see all these beautiful planets? Do you see this beautiful sun or other 
will say. If you ask, what do you have? I have You are my inheritance. In fact, we invest the things that we get more value, right? God invest on us. God, God, He sent His Son, Jesus Christ. Now we are remembering that this verse. He said, Jesus Christ, he invested on us because you have value. Praise the Lord. If we ask God what is important to what is important to him, if you ask him, God, what is important to you? Tell me. I think his answer would be, You are. You are my people. You are my inheritance. So, God said, I pray. I want you to see that. I want you to know that. I want you to understand that. That is my prayer for you. You are. When our eyes open and when we are able to see, then the one thing we know is we are. When, when, when the eyes of our heart open or enlighten, we will understand how God values His people. His people is His inheritance. Then we will begin seeing God's people as His sister. Then when I see Pastor Jason, I will see him as God sees him. Then I will see, I, I will see him. How God value him, then I will value that inheritance. So the problem is if, if we don't value our relationship, then we wouldn't see it. Then we didn't see it. May God help us to see it. How valuable God is to the Lord. Then, then he will be valuable. No, and loving one another with his. We love, we cherish the things that the valuable things for us, right? We don't we don't want anything to touch. You know, where our eyes open, we will see the value of other brothers and sisters. So that's why Apostle Paul said, I pray, I want you to see it. I want you to see it. Church. When the eyes of our heart enlighten, it affects our relationship. It affects our relationship. And we will love. We love one another. We love one another. The third one is saying, I want you to know this. What is that? I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Praise the Lord. He wants us to know that power. That power. The power of the Holy Spirit. You can't read, you know, the whole verse. The power of the Holy Spirit. That power raised 
Jesus from the dead. The power. Uh, 30, Ephesians 1 30 also said, We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit which raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at the right hand of God in Christ. That Spirit is where? In us. That Spirit is in me. When we know that, when we understand that, you know, then we say, Lord, you can't do it. You can't help me to love my brothers. You can't help me to live life worthy of my calling. May God help us to see, to see the truth of his people. And may God help us to see, to understand the power because the Bible says, not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit. Sometimes it is hard to see it. Sometimes it is hard to laugh. Sometimes it is hard to do this and that. We cannot do it by ourselves. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do it. Praise the Lord. Then, my brothers and sisters, this is my challenge for you. This is my challenge for you. Let us ask God to open our hearts. To open, to see the hearts of our eyes. Then we know. Then we know the hope to which we are called to. Then we know God's inheritance. Uselessly. We are. You are followers of God. We know that. Then we know that. It is not by power nor by might, but by the Spirit of God. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from dead. The same Spirit. The same Spirit that is in me. That is in me. Even if you feel you are dead, you know, He can be alive. Even if you don't feel anything in you, that Spirit can give you power will bring you to life. May God help us to see that and to desire and to pray. God bless you. I will invite Brother Pat and we will not have longer. Thank you, Sammy. Good morning from, uh, from Sioux Falls. Uh, my name is Pat Anderson. Uh, both Pastor Samuel and I uh, serve a foundation that has been doing uh, good work over in Ethiopia. And so I just wanted to take a few moments to give you a quick testimony as to what uh, God has manifested in his power uh, through a company, a little company over in Canada, South Dakota, not far from here, and uh, how we've had The, uh, what I'd like to share with you today has to do with uh, an individual and God's call on his life. His name is Mike Adams. I learned a new uh, a new term this week reading uh, that amount of media that we have on Facebook and other things. The new term that I learned this week is the term practical atheist. Anybody heard that term before? We've all heard of it. Do you know what a practical atheist is? 
An atheist is, of course, someone that doesn't believe that God exists. A practical atheist is someone who believes in God, who lives as if he doesn't exist. And that's that term, uh, I never heard of before. But the description of it is very convicting. To live as though God doesn't exist. To believe he exists, but then live as if he The man I, I, I'm going to describe for you this morning we work for, we serve alongside over in Ethiopia, has lived his entire life as though God was calling him into his house. And he even used, he used all of his resources, even his own, his own company that God allowed him to buy with no money, and to cause it to prosper, to thrive, and to use all of his, all of his resources for those of them refer to as or the, the scriptures may refer to as the least of Those who, when we serve them, are uh, the same as serving Christ himself. That's how that's what we part of today. And so if we can go to the first uh, screen, our, our foundation that, that, that we represent is uh, strives to alleviate the suffering of the most vulnerable, confronting all forms of human poverty in our community that is our mission. Uh, it is a mission statement that we developed uh, when we understood what God was calling us to. Not too long ago, back in 2013, when all of this came about. If we go to our next screen, this is a is a, an aerial photo of a building uh, of a manufacturing facility called Adams Thermal Systems. People sometimes look at Adams Thermal and they ask me, "Well, can we fall under them?" And that's the first thing. They That that's a good guess, but no. We actually make uh, cooling systems for high horsepower diesel engines. And so the, uh, the, the aerial view of the company that you see there, there, this is in Kansas, South Dakota. And Mike Adams uh, was the name of the chief engineer of the company before it became his, before it was given to him by Mike Ward. chief engineer, and in 2003, uh, they let uh, all the employees, including Mike, know that the, the building collapsed and closed the plant. They had to shut it down, move its assets elsewhere, something else. And Mike felt that it was, uh, it was important to keep the plant open, but he also felt that God was calling him to do something that he'd never done before. And business ownership is a daunting thing, but when also trying to keep open a company when you have no resources uh, to purchase or to keep running, uh, that's a, certainly a step of faith. So it was scheduled for closure, and, and throughout the entire story that, that Mike would have shared with you, you'd see God's hand in it again and again, but I'll simply say that God enabled him to keep the company open and continue running it, and to have it fall under his ownership without any and, uh, and then, because of, of, of Mike being able to contribute to God's kingdom, he decided to use the profits of the company as though he were tithing his own personal resources. And so he decided to begin taking tithes and 
sales and fly them That first started out uh, through uh, uh, calling from Ethiopia. And if you can go to the next slide, you'll be able to see uh, what, that, what that calling was initially. Uh, this is uh, Mike and Kim Adams' family. Uh, they already had five children of their own. And then one of the first things that they felt was adoption. And so they've adopted four additional children to make part of their family. And uh, so the, this is this is probably about two three years old. So they're, they're they, they've grown up even bigger, and a couple of them have left the home. But the, uh, the the firstborn, her name is Kinsley, and she's on the far right side in the back. And Kinsley and her mom and dad they went to a event in Sioux Falls in the United I remember uh, called Light Light. And so they went there and they picked up uh, a sponsorship packet of a child uh, from Ethiopia because they were they had been called to Ethiopia for adoption and then they they, they, they decided to pick up a sponsorship card and, and have that be part of their experience. And we'll go to the next slide. Uh, what we'll show you is uh, the little girl whose picture is on you see, Mike when, and, and Kim would travel and go to Ethiopia and adopt from another country. Oftentimes, you have to go there, spend time there, go and pick up your child, and then also go through a, a lot of uh, administrative work. And on one of those trips, they decided, well, let's see if we can go with this child who's on this package. And so they did, and they walked into the, the, this little hut and the home where this little girl lived. Was a representative from the organization that managed the sponsorship, and this is what they found. And what they're what you're looking at is uh, the little girl and her brother, and uh, they were they were basically it was it was not a happy meeting. It was not the type of meeting that you would hope for. You travel a long ways, and you're going to see someone that you would constantly would be supporting. Um, and it was because they were overcome with grief, because the lady was standing on the mat in the corner with her mother. They had already lost her, her father to illness, and she was over in the corner, and he was very, very soon to pass away. And so the children were distraught, and they were going through trauma, and they were trying to imagine what their life was going to be like uh, without either of the other parents, which is very common in the old days. And so what they what they discovered was well, what what can we do? As, as any one of us would ask if we walked into that situation ourselves, we would say, well, what can we do? Is there some way we can help? And the uh, as it turns out, the the individual who was helping them in the sponsorship organization said, well, she needs hospital room. It sounds daunting. It sounds expensive. And they said, well, what what would it Ultimately, what happened was uh, she got uh, diagnosed and she got the treatment that she needed uh, for about the cost of $20 a day. And her life was restored. And she's alive to this day. A couple of years ago, Pastor Samuel, along with Mike and Kim, went for graduation uh, from high school. 
um, one of the buildings there, and then it's a new high school. The next slide is, is Coral, and it is, as you can see, not in the city. It is very rural. It is very, uh, it is barely has electricity. Um, we built the water system that is required to bring running water into the community, and there's an equal number of students there. This particular photo is uh, from the summer of 2019, a year ago this past summer. This was our very first graduating class, and this was the fulfillment of what we felt God was wanting us to do, which was to take kids who are the poorest of the poor that were basically at risk uh, for just continuing the poverty cycle on and on and on, and turning them into someone that could make a difference, breaking them out of the poverty cycle, and having them be leaders in their country, having them be young men and women who have bring about change, but also being young men, men and women of faith and, and women who are in Christ. And so uh, another outreach that we've been having, helping young men with the spiritual community, yes, and community. And if you can see a few photos of uh, the, the PBS that we run uh, three times now in this last year that it has been, it's been something. We've taken a church uh, church members over with us to help uh, with that effort. It was a wonderful opportunity where the church was the one that turned the ball over. To give you a snapshot of, of, of what it is we're doing and, and, and what the heart of God is for our ministry, uh, the last, if we can go back to the previous slide, I just wanted to share with you a quick testimony of uh, one young man. Uh, this young man is named Elias. And uh, he was in that graduating class in the summer of 2019. And he was, uh, there should have been, uh, and there was a lot of joy uh, because that's a big milestone. If you can get to high school, if you can graduate from high school in Ethiopia, you can go to the university for free. You can get a scholarship to continue your post-secondary education, and you can be one of the most educated people in the and so that graduating class, Elias was part of that. But it was kind of a mixed, uh, mixed emotions type of a day for him because the following week he came to our PBS that we were having, and he uh, he was a little bit of a head at crossroads. Uh, he came to our school to church before, and he and his sister didn't have their parents anymore. Uh, living with his uncle, and he was caring for his uncle who was terminally ill. And um, Elias was taking care of his uncle while he was away from school. Um, he, but because of the, the, the poverty and, and his, his, uh, his uh, how young he was, uh, he didn't understand his own richness. Uh, his exposure to But uh, he came to DBS the week after he graduated. 
I am sacred. And after one of the classes today, he came from Pastor Shannon from a school nurse. He said, I need to see Jesus. I said, I need to ask Jesus into my life. I need to know Jesus for me. And so he came and he asked saying that prayer and, and, uh, and this is actually what happened. He was able to uh, today he's he got uh, set up with the university and uh, is, is taken care of and helping take the next step. But uh, but coming from a background of being an orphan, being uh, really having And he is a snapshot of what the Christian church should be as a community and as our organization. And so I bring this up today uh, with us for the reveal to God's people because God's people are changing uh, what's at stake and what's going on here in this uh, world. So I thank you for the privilege of being here today. Uh, we brought along some of the same sponsorship package Alongside one of our kids in our school and begin a sponsorship relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that's something that, that the Holy Spirit will guide you through the process. So I just pray that you have um, and see if the Lord will guide you. So, okay, this is now second meeting here in this place. For two years, October 2nd will be, you know, praying in Spanish. Now we are launching new ministry in Ethiopia, Paralimidantopolis, the foundation. In Ethiopia, it is illegal to, uh, to have both spiritual and uh, like non-governmental organization, like a organization, foundation we have. So for that purpose, we start to do uh, ministry that serves spiritually our children, all of our Recruits are Christians, they know the Lord, they invest on our peace. That's it. Now, this ministry will reach more our students and beyond. So, MTM is made a fight, equipping for Christ to see ministry. Mamkat, that's what's equipping for Christ to see ministry. It's agenda and operated by Adam Salva. Our mission equipping Christ's followers to proclaim the gospel and disciple the outcast, the unrich, and the next generation. Our vision is for the unriched, for pastors, churches, and unrich people from where Mark was. And you know that. This is the, uh, the unriched people group. The red one you will see, unriched, the minimum unriched. It will continue. Ethiopia is right there. So the 1040 window, so most of you are familiar with the 1040 window, that is the most unreached area. So Ethiopia is right there, that the, where the Middle East and the North Africa 
is not out of God, is to read pastors, to train pastors and to read pastors to reach damaged area in Ethiopia. So this is this part is shows us you know the unreached people world. So when we go to South like South Africa partially reached, but Ethiopia and beyond Ethiopia, above Ethiopia, that is the most unreached region is right there. So that is what so currently we are working establishing NPA and the government authorized evangelistic ministry in Ethiopia. So we are doing the schools, the foundation work at the same time, uh, the NPA seminary. So also we are launching a distance learning center in Ethiopia, cooperation with Super Seminary. They have the new program, Kairos program, we're going up to Tampere to study. Wherever they are, they can get that trade. So we are working to train, to raise more pastors for that region, to raise more godly leaders. Church planting, support establishment, establishment of home church plants in Ethiopia, in cooperation with the Timothy Mission. There is another ministry for Timothy Mission. So, so you know, in cooperation with them, we are, we, we are planning to plant more churches. And the other, Student outreach, evangelism, and discipleship in schools for the poor in Southern Ethiopia for our schools. So that this ministry will reach our schools spiritually. We will do evangelism and discipleship. We will ask them to know the Lord and to see the hope as we share this morning. So maybe yeah. that is it. So this is what the Lord is doing in Ethiopia. As you see, we work with you know, different churches and we work with ministries. So we would love, you know, to do God's work with you guys. That is our hope and our, our joy to take the gospel for the most unreached region. If we, if we go to Ethiopia, it, it will be easier, you know, to reach the unreached region than the same for Ethiopia. God bless you. Thanks for inviting us, Pastor Jacob. It is a joy for us to be with you guys. May God bless you all. Thank you, Daniel and Chad, for coming and sharing with us. That's a good reason. Good passage of scripture. I like it. So, uh, they have a table back there, as he mentioned. Um, Wade, would you put one of the bowls back there too? If someone just, if you don't want to necessarily sponsor, but you just want to help out the ministry, we'll have a plate there for you, maybe, um, to do that. And uh, Scott's going to close us with another song. So. Yeah.